we're giving up everything, coming out to LA with one, one goal in mind. It was to rise to the top without compromising my faith. He's been in three of my movies and I try my best not to make them preachy movies. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. And we all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. Lights, camera, action. Time to go to the movies, everyone. We have some uh, great guests for you on uh, this episode of the Run the Race podcast, uh, a double feature, you might call it, a, uh, a local filmmaker here in the East Alabama, West Georgia area that's uh, put together uh, a host of faith-based films, and also one of his actors that you uh, may recognize from movies like War Room and Courageous, and uh, a new movie coming out on March 19th in select theaters, My Brother's Keeper. Dedicated, committed, tough as nails. No! God can help you, Travis. I don't need your help. I don't need your help. And I definitely don't need his. It's not about me. But it's all about him. You've lost your way, Travis. The worst part about that is that you've lost your faith in God. You ever think maybe your God lost his faith in me? So looking forward to a, a great conversation with both of them about uh, about Jesus, about the movies, about uh, fitness. Uh, one of them, you know, a former Army veteran of more than two decades. Another one, a former professional football player. So, but before we do that, when you when you go to the movies, which right now, you know, some of us still we can't go to the theaters, but hopefully that'll happen soon with the pandemic. Now, but before the movie starts, you uh, sit through some previews. Uh, I had a, a very brief, a few minutes conversation uh, with a young lady in South Carolina. She is the uh, the lead and organizer for a marathon that I'm about to run. There's only about a 40 to 100 people allowed in each of these races, so they won't get canceled because of COVID. Uh, they just had one in Texas. Uh, they're about to have some in uh, Connecticut, Michigan, and New York in April and May. So uh, here's my uh, just kind of a, again, a little preview, uh, a taste of, uh, you know, maybe how you can get involved in a race like this and looking for something to do that, uh, that COVID is not going to uh, eliminate. And joining me now for kind of a brief uh, preview of uh, coming attractions of what's going to happen uh, next week on the podcast is uh, McCurdy-trained coach Esther Atkins. And uh, she is also, she won the USA Marathon Championship back in 2014, so she's a little faster than I am. Uh, she's represented the U.S. in the World Marathon Championships and qualified for a pair of Olympic marathon trials, the most recent one, 11th in 2016. And like I said, she's a coach and has helped out some local high schools. And uh, we're uh, talking with her now from uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, one thing that we wanted to kind of get on here early with you as well is because, uh, you know, a lot of folks are looking for in-person races, something to do because so much has been canceled the past year because of COVID. And I'm actually coming out there in a couple, in, in about a week uh, or so and, and to Greenville, South Carolina, where you are, and you have organized and, and are leading a McCurdy, Mike, McCurdy-trained micro-marathon Sunday, I believe it's March 21st. Uh, it's an in-person marathon. So tell me about that, what, what people can expect, because, uh, you know, the, the people are still you know, obviously very worried about COVID. Sure. So the idea behind this whole project, um, it was I and another coach came to James and we said, hey, we really wish we could put on a marathon because some of these um, smaller races are happening and shorter races can happen kind of last minute. But we wanted something that we could give our athletes to actually train for that they knew was going to happen because that's what happens is like these days everybody's haven't had it. Every runner has trained for a race where it just ends up getting canceled. And um, we wanted to make sure that it was something that would be safe and especially safe for our runners, but safe enough that it wouldn't get canceled. And so that meant that we had to have very small fields. And so for my race, it's only going to be a hundred maximum. And currently we only have 49 or 50 entrants. 
I think partly because people are so nervous that things aren't going to happen. And so um, we really are going ahead and we've already gotten the course certified and um, and all the plans are in place and it's happening on March 21st. Awesome. And I think I read online and this may, you know, it could have changed is, is the registration deadline is March 14th. So that's coming up very soon. And you mm-hmm. can, you know, uh, so where can people go if they want to sign up for a, a marathon like this? I mean, cause this is like you said, certified course, go out and, and you get an official time and everything. Yeah. Our, our registration is through run sign up. And so you can just look for McCurdy micro marathon, South Carolina on run sign up. Wow. And, and so how are you able to have an in-person race? Like, uh, are there certain like things that maybe people would expect at a normal race that, you know, or, or that are going to be different because of COVID and, and, um, sure. you know, because I know you've got, you're going to have 50 to a hundred runners out there. Sure. So the smaller field size definitely makes it a little bit safer. That's part of, you know, one of the first things to get shut down was large gatherings. So obviously we have a much smaller group. Um, then we also are going to require masks prior to the start. Um, and as soon as you can finish now, granted, there won't be a whole lot of people, um, out there when you're finishing, cause it's going to be pretty drawn out. Um, so it's not going to be a huge crowd. And, um, and then we also, for our, uh, fluid stations, we're going to have bottled water and, um, some no open cups and, um, nobody pouring water for everybody. And this race is really specifically for people who've been really worried about COVID and, um, want to not be a part of the problem and, um, and also want to keep safe themselves. And maybe they have loved ones who, um, are at high risk or, uh, maybe they themselves are more at high risk. And so they really want to be safe. And, um, that's why those are the types of runners that we've really had in mind for our specific race. This is not necessarily for people that are just, it's their first marathon ever or anything like that. Um, and so you, there, there is a, a time kind of, uh, you know, constraint because sometimes marathons will say, Hey, you can finish in seven hours, you can walk or whatever. What is the, this is a little different in that way as well. Yeah. Right? So this is not a real like experience marathon. It is a, I want to get something done because I have been training my butt off all time, all all through COVID and I know that I'm in shape for a really good marathon, but it's just been so hard to know if something's really going to happen. So these, this really is for those people who are trying to qualify for Boston or, um, you know, just set a PR and, um, and that's why we've created a five loop, uh, five mile course. So there's like a little, extra loop at the beginning to get you started. And then it's just 25 miles of the exact same stretch. And at least in our area of the foothills, it's never completely flat. So it's like a little bit of undulation, which I think is actually sometimes better than um, simply flat because you're using the same muscles for the entire time. That's a long time to use the same muscles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to talking to you next week uh, more extensively Great. about uh, your uh, marathon experience and, and, and with, through the, you know, Olympic trials. And also, uh, you know, I know that you're known as the smiler. Uh, it's very positive, <laughs> very much about togetherness and team efforts and that kind of thing and, and helping people achieve uh, some running goals they have, whether they're, you know, uh, you know, 20 years old or whether they're 70 years old. So uh, awesome. I know you help a wide range of folks. So uh, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, brief uh, preview. And I'm uh, looking forward to talking to you soon, Esther. Likewise. All right. Looking forward to it. And she just gave me an update uh, telling me that the course is officially certified and the registration deadline's now been moved to March 17th. So you can still get in on the action and uh, go and, and get a race in and, and uh, mark South Carolina off your list and, and, and compete in an actual marathon uh, with other people in person, not virtual. Uh, now turning to our, uh, our two guests the double feature, uh, film-wise, for our uh, Run the Race podcast this time around. Uh, we have uh, retired Major Terrence Ty Manns, who spent 24 years in the Army. In 2013, he formed Ty Manns Productions and uh, wrote his film, A Question of Faith, which was made in 2016. And uh, he joined forces and created Manns, Mac, Manns Mackey Studios, which is you know does family and faith-based media content. And uh, then he produced the, uh, now it's a BET Plus original film, uh, Redeemed. He co-wrote and directed that. And uh, most recently, his uh, 
new film that was filmed in Columbus, Georgia, is My Brother's Keeper that he wrote and was executive producer for. It comes out again March 19th. And one of the actors in that new film, uh, MBK, or My Brother's Keeper, is T.C. Stallings, uh, one of our other guests. He joined us via Zoom from Texas. He's a former professional athlete uh, who played uh, in college and uh, played professionally football in the Arena League, Europe, and also Canadian leagues. Uh, he uh, shifted, you know, to film and television after the you know six plus years in uh, pro football, and landed a spot on Animal Planet's King of the Jungle, a hit network reality TV show. He was the champ in season two. He was also a fitness model with Russell Athletic. Then he uh, auditioned for and won a role in the 2011 uh, hit movie Courageous uh, by the Kendrick Brothers in Georgia. They do some great faith-based films. Then he decided to move to Hollywood, and he got cast in the 2015 hit film, also by the Kendrick Brothers, War Room. That was number one at the box office. He later landed a nomination for a Best Actor for God's Compass and then won a Best Actor in a Supporting Role uh, award for Unbridled. Uh, and uh, most recently, he has been a nationwide brand ambassador for Clearplay. Uh, their mission is providing families with clean, wholesome entertainment options. He's the author of three books and also the host of TCS Live podcast. It was my honor to uh, talk to both of these men of integrity. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. <clears throat> well, first of all, I know uh, you guys have a new movie coming out in the next few days, My Brother's Keeper, which was shot mm -hmm. uh, partly in uh, Columbus, Georgia, which is where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, TC is, is at home via Zoom. Uh, so first of all, uh, whoever wants to go first, tell me about uh, MBK. What is the story behind it? Go ahead, TC. Oh well, you always set it up so well. I like to, I like to follow up. I like, I like how, I like how Todd describes it. Hit it, hit it, man. Uh, well, you know, the, this is a story uh, based somewhat on my father's experience when he returned home from Vietnam. So it's it's loosely based in reality and truth, and um, it follows this soldier who comes home from Vietnam, and he he learns that there's something going on with him as he's trying to discover this mystery behind his parents' death. And then all of a sudden he starts to have this internal struggle and and you kind of followed along and, and, and even though the story is not written completely about what happened in our family, there are pieces in the story that happened in our family. This, I just told it a different way uh, when I wrote it. So, I mean, it, it's not a movie about yeah. PTSD it, PTSD is just part of the movie, and um, TC, you know, he plays yeah. the lead character, Sergeant First Class Travis Fox, and he just did a fantastic job with that character. And it's going to be in select theaters um, <clears throat> from the producers of God's Not Dead, and it will be released on March 19th, hopefully as many theaters as possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so TC, tell me about your character, um, you know, being a soldier, uh, and, uh, you know, for you, I mean, do you have a military history, or how did you kind of... Uh, learn how to play that role. Yeah, that's why I, I love how, you know, Ty tells a story and how it's loosely based on real activities with his dad. You know, I play um, Sergeant First Class Travis Fox. You know, it's a, uh, you know, decorated war hero. And uh, just what I love about the character, he's just got a lot of things that you see as, a, as as the film goes on. You see what he's really, really made of, you know, this 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 tough exterior, you know, he's he's in the you can clearly see that he's a military guy, uh, but you start to see that he he struggles with some things, and the, these struggles kind of add up as the film goes on. And I love like the the role for him gets really really tough before it even begins to even think about you know any kind of light at the tunnel or anything like that. And he's kind of really you know showing the audience who he is, showing their struggles. And so, and and the, the movie does focus on you know the struggle of that he has with PTSD, but then there's also a struggle of faith. There's also a struggle with trusting other people, and uh, so I feel like a lot of people be be able to identify, you know, with the character, male or female. You know, you be able to identify with these emotions, and you just see how the whole story plays out in terms of how he attacks each and every one of these and the different antidotes that he comes up with, and and the people in his life that love him and try to help him out, and uh, and you just go on this roller coaster ride with him and and, and see how it all ends up. And TC as the lead character uh, in this movie and, and playing a soldier. 
Um, what did you find out along the way um, about PTSD and, and also, you know, maybe more importantly, you know, faith on and off the battlefield, how important that is and how that mixes? Well, first of all, for me, like, you know, the earlier question about having experience, I had none. So the, the first thing obviously I wanted to do and, and really challenged me was be authentic to the role. So I knew, you know, you got you to start talking to some soldiers. And so I think, how can I do that quickly? YouTube is a beautiful thing because you can jump right on and you're looking at these interviews, kind of like how we're interviewing now. I looked at a lot of interviews like that with soldiers who were specifically talking about PTSD and their military experience either before or after. So I can just see what the roller coaster looks like. And probably the hardest part was listening to these stories. You forget that you're, you're researching for a role and you actually start caring about the people and you start, you know, hearing some, some really tough stories. And then some of these interviews would do reenactments. So to try to show what the, 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 you know, the PTSD is like, that's kind of how I got some of the mannerisms that I would show. And then listen to some of the soldiers talk about what it felt like, what their dreams were like. It's just, when you listen to this and you see these are real people and I'm just like, man, I just want to do it justice. So my whole thing was, I, I hope when people see it, they, they're saying, Hey, TC didn't underplay it. He didn't overplay it. You can tell he really researched what it's like and he represented as well and brought light to the struggle. And then he also represented as well with how he looked, how he carried himself. And like I said, I can attribute attribute that to, you know, Ty and the other military people who were around, people who were kind of, you know, uh, watching and, and, and calling in and, or emailing in and, and saying they're proud of how we were doing things. So I had a lot of help, uh, but I worked really, really hard because I just, I, like I said, I just wanted to be believable. So hopefully that's um, that's the uh, the goal that's reached uh, on March 19th. Absolutely. And Ty, you know, it's the movie called My Brother's Keeper. It's, it's, you know, personal for you, but also, you know, we talked about faith yeah. and, uh, you know, on and off the battlefield. For you, how important was to weave that into the story about, you know, how that can bring really true healing? Yeah, well, that was everything about the story because when my father came home from Vietnam, you know, I was probably 10 years old in the 72 time frame. <clears throat> so we, we watched his lifestyle. We we saw it just spiraling out of control. And it you know, it, it got to a point where my mom said, Okay, enough and she packed up packed up all the kids and you know, we went to my grandmother's. Well, my father showed up a few days later and it was my grandmother who suggested that they go to counseling. And being a you know, poor coal mining family in West Virginia, they couldn't afford professional counseling. So they went to see the pastor. And that led my father to become eventually a deacon, a minister, and he became a pastor himself. So I knew how much faith played in his life and in that, you know, in the story. And I don't tell that part of the story spelt out that way, but you know, what I did write is different parts of TC's character accomplishing and doing certain things that are kind of in line and I don't want to tell the movie, but are in line with you know, with what I saw growing up as a kid. Uh, so uh, the faith had to be there because it was the faith that saved our family years ago. Had, you know, had he not walked through those church doors, and or had he made a whole different decision in life, then we would not had the opportunity to enjoy him another 35 plus years before he passed away. So I had to have that in there. It was important that we show that uh, because you know, faith saved him and faith saved us. In the title, My Brother's Keeper, what's the meaning? But without getting even anything away from the movie, but what's, what's that really about? Uh, no, not really, because it, it had another title to believe it. It, it was, it was going to be titled something else. And um, the director actually came up to me and said, hey, I know, you know I like the title and everything. He said, but I really want you to think of calling it My Brother's Keeper. And then I just kind of... You know, thought about it and I started looking into the storyline and there's a storyline with TC's character and one of his best friends and there's mm -hmm. the storyline between TC's character's best friend and his best friend's dad so these things just started kind of lining up like okay it makes sense because it, it's, it was almost as if each character could ask that question of the other mm -hmm. and I said no that's perfect let's leave it there and so that's how it came about the director actually <laughs> came up with the title that ended up being the movie. Well, it's very catchy, and you can do the MBK as, as abbreviation yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, his vision was a lot better than mine when I was pinning the title on the script. <laughs> <laughs> and, and TC, you know, um, I know that faith 
is very important to you. You talk about Jesus a lot, you know, um, you know, unashamed to talk about that. Um, tell me about, you know, uh, you are in a lot of faith-based movies. That's uh, the focus of your career. Um, and this, My Brother's Keeper, uh, you know, Redeemed, other movies, um, you know, War Room. But tell me about, uh, you know, a movie like this, which is faith and the military together, kind of intersecting. Um, you know, do you feel like this really, um, you know, uh, brings those two things together uh, in, a, in a really great way? Well, I mean, first of all, this was the most challenging role I've had for the reasons that we've discussed, you know. Um, but, you know, secondly, I mean, because faith is in, any, in anything, um, you know, you can make you can make a movie about anything and incorporate, you know, Christ into it. Um, for me, the only stretch in this role for me was, you know, being military and having PTSD, two very, very tough stretches. Um, and then, well, I had a third that, uh, you know, tr uh, Travis, my character was not a man of faith and, and there was a struggle that he had. I never really had the type of struggle that he, that he had, but I understood, you know, his, his, um, his apprehension, you know, to, to just kind of just let it all go. And, um, you know, so for me, you know, as a, as a man of faith, it's pretty much what I walk by every single day of my life. And I could, I, I look at Travis as a guy that I would want to lead to the Lord, you know, and, and I know there are people out there like him. So I want to put everything into it, you know, to, to really embrace that struggle, but then also show like what a humble heart can do. And when you just kind of humble out, but I don't know if it was Travis's goal to ever humble out, but it's funny when God is trying to chase you down, he broke Travis down, you know, to the point where you know, he had to make some decisions. And so you'll uh, see how that play out without even, you know, letting it through. Um, and I, and I love that with the, with this movie and it, it's not where everything's just all wiped up nice and clean. Um, in fact, like I said, people ask me all the time, you know, we know your, your character struggles. Does he, does he come to the Lord? Does he come to, I say, listen, whether he does or he, or he doesn't, you got to come and see, but I can tell you this, the road ain't easy. You ain't going to be in the middle of the movie already like, wow, where'd it go? You're going to be sitting there like, where is this going? You know, what? what is he going to do? And um, so, you know, I want people rooting for him and cheering for him. Maybe you might get a little frustrated with him, a little impatient with him, but we're going to go on that roller coaster ride and see how it all, you know, pans out. Absolutely. And, and uh, Ty, you know, it's it's a you know, pretty heavy movie in terms of the drama and, and uh, kind of dealing with the struggles of the mental health issues. Um, do you feel like this is a movie that soldiers will be able to relate to military families or just anybody will be able to kind of see that, hey, I know folks going through stuff like this? I hope so. I mean, that's the plan, right? Um, I, I tried to write this movie so it wouldn't be an indictment on anybody. It wouldn't be an indictment on the military or an indictment on the soldier or the indictment on a support group. It was, you know, it was just kind of written to show what one individual person was going through in this silo and then what the support team that's trying to help them, what they were going through in their silo. Um, yeah, so all these different people, what the best friend who loves them dearly is going through. So all these people are telling their own stories in this, so to speak. And and then, they, you know, you, you, you can constantly weaving them in and out of each other. Uh, so I, I hope that when people sit and watch it, if you were the person who was trying to help your best friend, you'll see yourself in that movie. If you were the pastor that's trying to help someone in your community, you'll see yourself in that movie. You know, if, if, if you're the person going through the struggle, you'll see yourself. So I tried to write it so that when people sit down and watch it, it would fit whatever role they actually played or maybe went through in real life or, or heard someone talking about. So that's why I say it's not just a movie about PTSD. It's, it, there are a lot of stories going on. And, and people like TC who are familiar, this is TC's third movie. We've worked together. Familiar mm -hmm. with how I write, and I write like that. I, I take all the characters on journeys, but the, it's the head character that they're just slightly trailing behind the whole movie, but they're all weaving in and out. You know, I just It's kind of like watching somebody run, and somebody comes and runs across in front of you here and across in front of you there. That's kind of how I see my characters when I write. And, uh, so I hope people get a lot. I hope anyone can sit down and go, yeah, I remember when my buddy was going through that or I remember when I was trying to help or yeah. well, it, well, however it works out for him. I hope it works out that way. 
Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing My Brother's Keeper, and we're going to talk more about the movies and faith and military in just a few minutes. But I wanted to kind of get the origin story for both of you gentlemen, uh, kind of going back uh, in time a little bit when you were both a little younger. And TC, I'll start with you. You are a former uh, professional football player, and off mic, we asked you uh, if you could still play pro football now, and you said, well, yes, I can, right? Without a doubt. Okay, so I know that you had, uh, you know, your high school and college career playing football and you played professionally in arena football, uh, Europe and and the Canadian leagues. So how in the world do you go from, you know, you're playing football for a living um, overseas and then you are, you know, kind of jump to TVs and movies, right? Right, right. Well, that's 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 when, you know, God switches your passions, you know, when you're following him, you know, and it was it was right around the time where, you know, I had been, you know, solid in my faith, you know, praying through what, you know, the Lord wanted me to do. I had got back. I was in my sixth year and I was looking to go into a seventh. Uh, I went and well, let me back up a little bit because you should know that acting was one of those things that kind of just sat in my back pocket as something that I would just do for fun. It wasn't something that I was taking extremely seriously never thought about, you know, Hollywood or never thought about being in a, in a real movie in terms of something I would really ever pursue. Just something you, you kind of laugh about and, and just have fun with in college, doing a few plays here and there. But when I came back and I, in, in 08, I saw a movie fireproof. And, um, and I just saw that, you know, from a faith-based perspective, it was something that when it's over, you can apply it to your life. And so this was a marriage movie and you got couples that are in the theater crying, you know, repenting in, with each other. Nobody left the theater, and, you know, uh, and it was a lot, a lot of the men, you know, were, were saying I can do better and everybody wants to do the love there. And there's all these different things. And, and I'm just looking at the impact that it was having. Um, and I said to myself, like, wow, you know, I I think I want to do this. And I'm turning to, I'm talking to my wife and, and you know, not wanting to be a prisoner at a moment. I said, you know, let, let, let's pray about this. Cause you know, I, I'm just, I might just be in the moment right now. I said, Lord, if, you know, if this is something that you want me to do, if my heart's really thumping because this is you behind this, then just open the door for me. And a year and a half later, I got cast by those same uh, guys, the Kendrick brothers. And I was in uh, Courageous and, um, you know, kept praying about it, kept pursuing. And here I am 22 films later. So for me, it was uh, it, it started with a feeling that I felt was coming from the Lord. But then I authenticated that feeling through prayer. And he just opened all those doors and shut all the football doors. And so I knew he wanted me to go. And at that point, I just started giving it all I had. And next thing I know, I, I'm in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, I had it was out there nine years. I'm in Texas now. Uh, I just moved from uh, L.A. But, yeah, that was my journey. And so once I saw where the Lord was taking me, I said, you know what? Hey, I, I don't care where I'm going no more. I just care who's leading. This is what God wants me to do. And I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. So I'm, I'm enjoying it and, and the impact that I'm able to have through uh, through film and TV. Yeah, and then with uh, Kendrick Brothers also doing uh, the movie uh, War Room, which was number one, mm-hmm. one at the box office, and um, your character was uh, not as um, not as much the good guy in that one, I guess. Uh, but, <laughs> not till uh, like halfway, <laughs> halfway, <laughs> halfway, halfway so, uh, through. Guys, what was actually. that like, kind of making that jump? I mean, you make your feature film debut in 2011 in Courageous, and then a few years later, you're in this movie that's kind of explodes a little more was yeah. that you know did that launch you in a different direction yeah it did it just, it just brought more attention to you know me as an actor especially living out there in LA where no one knew who I was but the bigger point of it was it, it got it gave me a chance to um to complete a journey that I was on that started in 2012 with giving up everything coming out to LA with one one goal in mind it was to rise to the top without compromising my faith that no one would say he got dirty to get there. That I didn't have to cuss my way up there. I didn't have to, you know, get naked to get up there. I didn't have to do anything wild and, and just dishonor God and put my faith on the shelf to make it. I wanted to, because pe- people talk about, you can do it clean and then you don't see people doing it. That doesn't give strength to what you're trying to tell them. But when you actually say it can happen and then you do it, then you just kill the stereotype that it can't happen. So that was my whole goal. And uh, so to wake up 2015 in the number one movie in America, and I can say I did it as an uncompromising actor. I didn't do anything that God would be ashamed of with my career. That just strengthens my testimony, one that I can still hold today, uh, you know, and encourage other up and coming actors that want to love Jesus openly and still have a successful career. You know, I can uh, be someone that is an example of that. So that was the biggest thing that War Room was for me. Yeah, so important not to 
compromise. And Ty, I think that people would rather see TC with his shirt off than maybe you and I with our... <laughs> Without a doubt. My wife don't even want me with my shirt off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Ty, uh, kind of taking you back in time a little bit, um, you also had a different career before filmmaking. So almost 24 years in the Army. Uh, then uh, you kind of Part of your journey at the beginning was you wrote A Question of Faith, uh, which is a film that a lot of people are still able to watch and it's on TV sometimes. Uh, tell me about um, how you made that leap from the military. Were you thinking when you were there, kind of like, I want to be creative, I want to write and produce and direct movies? Yeah, well, yeah, I've always wanted to. Even when I was in the military, that's where I started learning how to write films. Uh, I wrote my very first screenplay as a young second lieutenant in Germany in 1991. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to do this. You know, from, from the time I can remember being a young boy, I had this creative spirit about me. Uh, but, you know, of course, I had an Army career. And I loved my Army career. I, I loved being in the infantry. I, I loved soldiering. And... You know, in, in any job in the military, but especially in the infantry, uh, you can't focus on a lot of stuff with those young men, those young soldiers that you're leading because it's such a dangerous job. So I just kept my personal stuff set to the side, but when I had time, I would read a book about screenwriting or storytelling. And it, after I retired in 2003, I went into corporate America for 10 years because I wanted to learn how to run a business. I wanted to get that experience. I had all this leadership experience coming out of the military almost 24 years, but I wanted some good, solid management experience. And so I went in corporate America when I retired and I worked my way up from a product manager to a managing director of a $17 million company. And I stayed in that lane for 10 years when I felt like I had enough experience that's when I told my wife, okay, I, I, can, I can do this in the film world now. And the, the, A Question of Faith, I actually wrote that script in 2006, but it wasn't made into a movie until 2016. Wow. So I've been writing for a while. Uh, it just took me some time to stop becoming a screenwriter and start becoming a storyteller. Because once I learned how to tell a story on paper, then... Producers became interested in my work. Right. And, you know, it's enticing or maybe easy to go more mainstream. And you have, you know, kind of uh, more of a open book to be able to do different stories. Yeah. But I know for you, it's been a priority to do family and faith-based films. Why is that? Why, why for you is that yeah. such a focus? Well, you know, in part, well, in part, I love writing these stories. I really do. These are some fun stories to write. And then the other part was just conversations I used to have with my father years ago when I would come in from leave and we would talk about me writing stories. And he told me something one time that I still, that, you know, still carries with me. And that was, he said, um, you know, when I walk into my church, I got walls around me. He said, when I get in my car and I ride around, I have borders. He said, I can only go so far. He said, so I can only reach so many people at any given time. He said, but your movies won't have walls. They won't have borders. He said, you'll reach more people with your movies than I'll ever be able to reach as a pastor. And, and, and at that time, I didn't understand that. But now I do. And so I want to write these movies because I do believe that as long as we don't make them preachy movies, that we tell a story of everyday life with how faith can help you get to through that, I think there's a bigger reward there. And I, you know, I think TC will agree with me. He's been in three of my movies and I try my best not to make them preachy movies. There's a purpose behind everything that's happening in the stories that I write. So that so again, like we said earlier, someone can sit and go, "Oh, okay, I saw, I saw myself in that. I can do better, or I see how I can get help, or whatever the case may be." And so, Bishop Mackey, my business partner, and I, we call them generational films. And, and and what we mean by that is we want members from every generation of your family 
to be able to sit and watch the movie from grandparent down to grandkid all sit together and be able to watch a movie. And that's important to us. And that's why we're, you know, we're doing what we're doing right In this uh, Man's Mackey Studios. Man's right? Mackey Studios. And TC, kind of just jumping off what, uh, what Ty was saying, you know, um, is that a challenge or really um, a priority for you to, because, you know, people, these faith-based movies that people see and maybe geared towards a, you know, a certain audience or whatever, uh, can be seen or the perception is they're cheesy or they're, you know, it's, it's not as good of acting or production value or whatever. So for you, you know, what do you hope you know, the, the, the faith-based films like you guys have made together that, you know, do you hope that people don't see them, I guess, as cheesy or not, you know, not well, authentic? Right. Well, here, here's a, here's a fun thing about it. Um, you know, and, and this, I'm glad I've kind of come to this particular, um, understanding about just even how to talk about this the first thing is you know i've had i've seen both sides you know like i said I've, I've i've lived a lot of my friends you know that i or associates i should call them that are you know in hollywood or whatever man hollywood has an award specifically designed for terrible movies called the razzies they're, they're they're either bad or they're cheesy or everything else and they it's, and they have fun with it my point is there there are what's called cheesy or or low rate low whatever movies in every single genre you can think of. I have no idea why people always, you know, lump that in, you know, with movies that talk about, you know, faith. So that's like the first thing. I'm just like there there are just there, every genre has awesome movies, not so great, and it just keeps going down 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 down. You know, every genre has that. That's the first thing. Then the other thing, you know, what people a lot of times call cheesy, I'm understanding is just you would call cheesy um, what a Christian would would experience as God's blessings on their life. Hey, I can't help it if X, Y, Z was in my way and the God that I serve moved them out of the way without me having to do anything in this particular case. And it worked out for me. You've never experienced that, so for you, that's cheese. What's cheesy for you is a reality for me. So I've understood also that I don't even fight that battle no more. I don't even value their opinion really no more uh, because I know that they're speaking from something that they have no experience with or could care less about, so they just choose to label it cheesy. So I've understood that. So I used to take that stuff personal until now I realized that, you know, hey, you know what, in my world and what's what's authentic to TC, I don't use bad language. So the only thing separates, by the way, movies are movies. The only thing separates a faith-based film for the most part from uh, a lot of secular movies is the fact that you talked about uh, options earlier. They have the option to use profanity if they want to. Well, we're honoring God, so we're not going to do that. And you want to call it cheese. But in my life, when my if, if if my if something happened in my life that upsets me, I have an op I have the option to use profanity if I want to. But because of my relationship with Christ, I choose not to, and I know that wouldn't make me represent Him the right way. So that's my real life. So when you see a, a film and they say "darn it" instead of the other word, it's not cheesy. It's the way a Christian really would act. So what's real for me, you're seeing on screen, is not real for you. Doesn't mean you can call it cheesy. Just say it's not you. And so I've come, I've come to that understanding, and it helps me talk about it a whole lot better, you know. So anyway, that's just you know, that's 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 really the reality of it all. And I think it's lazy on the part of a reviewer to do that, and a lot of them do it. And so I just know it's, but they're stuck in that, so it's a battle that I don't have to fight. At the end of the day, um, you know, the movie that they called cheesy and gave you know thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes became the number one movie in America. And I think that says something. The audience spoke. And that, in the, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's well put. And TC, tell me about, uh, you know, on this Run the Race podcast, we talk about fitness as well. And obviously that's important to you um, as a former professional athlete playing football. And, and uh, you know, you want to look good for the movies, um, even mm -hmm. if you're keeping your clothes on. <laughs> so right. uh, tell me about uh, how important, you know, um, staying fit and, and uh, you know, working out, you know, no longer playing, you know, um, sports for a living, but mm -hmm. how important is that for you and, and part of, you know, honoring God? Uh, well, first, first off, you know, um, my, my son's a little, a little track, track star, football star, whatever. And so, you know, I, I actually, and I train him and I actually still run competitively in the, in, 
in the 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 uh, USATF league. So I actually still do track meets and, and race. That's why I told you if I had to play, I could still <laughs> I could still do it. But my my main reason uh, for health and fitness and everything why is it used to be being a pro and you know wanting to look good and everything. I mean, you still want to look great and everything. But the number one thing is I look at it is this way: if I got heart trouble, if I got you know organ trouble or just anything you can think of, if I'm sick, it's really hard for me to get up in the morning and do a podcast talking about Jesus. To sit down here, you know, I've written three books. To sit here and spend, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks working on a book. To have the stamina to do that. And all my books are about Jesus. To go and and act in films and be able to get through, you know, 12-hour days. You know, and my films are inspiring people. To stand up on stages and, and tell my testimony. And the bottom line is it's harder for me to serve God. Harder for me to make disciples. Harder, harder for me to do what he's called me to do if I'm unhealthy. So I take care of my body you know, first and foremost, so that I can serve him and be here for my family, you know, and be alive and be around and be here for my family. And, and I don't have to be in the bed sick or on medications and all the different things. And, and and that's what's on my head is my health. And you can't focus fully on doing what the Lord's called you to do. So I just don't want anything to get in the way of that, you know. And then secondly, you know, uh, after all of that, you know, yeah, you, you want to look a certain way and feel a certain a certain way. But, you know, I know those things can be fleeting, but um, at the end of the day, to sum it up, it's just at my if, the healthier I am, the better God can use me um, and, and the better, you know, overall I am at executing anything that I need to do. You know, so I start my day every single day starts the same way. It starts with prayer and Bible study. Then right after that, I hit the gym and I do those so that they're uninterrupted because those are very important to me. And then, um, you know, and then, and then everything else just kind of just, you know, falls into place. But yeah, yeah, that's the number one reason for doing it, man. I'm a, I'm a better servant for the Lord when I'm healthy. Absolutely, yeah. And Ty, I know you know with more than two decades in the army, you're used to getting up early, doing PT, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure you don't miss that. <laughs> yeah. But do you? Is that something that has carried on in your life and that you feel like is is still important to you? Kind of keeping you know physically healthy. It is, uh, but um, sadly, I've had some injuries that. Uh, at my age now, I, I, I'm not ashamed to tell anybody I'm almost 60 years old now. So, um, you know, I'm almost 60. I've had, since I left the Army, I've had two knee surgeries, shoulder surgery. So things are, you know, Achilles surgery. <laughs> so I, I don't get, uh, I, in my mind, I'm still 20 years old, you know, but... <laughs> But um, I just, I physically just cannot do some of the things that I used to be able to do. I mean, and not take a bunch of pills to survive the next three, four days <laughs> afterwards. You know, I, I'm, I'm on a 42 pill a day regimen just to manage my pain. That's a lot of pills yeah. and I don't take that every day. But there's days when, you know, I'm taking up with some 20 pills just to manage pain from all my injuries and surgeries. Um, so you and TC are not going to go for a race against each other on set, perhaps? No. <laughs> and, and look, even if I wasn't on these pain meds, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, he, he, but, he's got but, a pretty good 40 time, I'm sure. But, you know, my wife and I, we, we got, we, she has one of those bikes and I have a machine in my office and I'll walk. Almost every day, I may miss a day, but every evening I'm walking my neighborhood. So I'm, you know, I'm doing what the doctor's telling me I can do now to try to keep my pain management in play. And, and um, But yeah, I mean, fit, being physically fit and healthy is important. I, I wish I could go out and run two, three miles a day mm -hmm. or do some of the stuff I could than yeah. I used to, but... Yeah, but you're you're running circles around maybe other filmmakers, and I you know I know as your production company helped uh, put out Redeemed, which uh, you wrote and, and co-wrote and directed, co and um, it's uh, was uh, came out on BET Plus just last month as uh, an original film. So tell me about you know what kind of feedback do you get from folks you know locally or maybe nationally about your films, faith-based films that they get to see on BET or in the theaters or or that they can purchase? What, what kind of feedback, I mean, does that mean a lot to you that fans are watching and, and it, and oh, it yeah. uh, connects with them? No, look, I, I don't, I, I get great feedback over social media and things of that nature. Um, 
you know, folks send stuff in and say, hey, I watched the movie, I enjoyed the movie, and it was good. That make, that always makes me feel good, and, and, I'll, and I'll go read some of the critics when it's not so good because I say, okay, well, let me take a look at this area where they said, maybe I can learn something there. Uh, locally, nobody knows me in this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you live in Phoenix City, Alabama, yeah. right? Yeah. But the yeah, kind of Columbus, man. Georgia area. And you guys have two sons, uh, both uh, military-related, one yeah. in the Marine Corps, one senior RO, Army uh, ROTC. What does it mean to you to have, you know, that uh, kind of passing that legacy on of military service? And, yeah. and because I know, I mean, it's, it's not an easy, it can be a very dangerous job. Well, it is a dangerous job, and uh, yeah, and I tell everybody the military is a very dangerous job, and and you know, no matter what branch or what position you hold in it. Uh, but you know, our boys want we they wanted to go there. We never pushed them there. Me and my wife's a veteran also, and they just gravitated to the challenges of it. And so yeah, our oldest is a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps now at Camp Pendleton, and. Our youngest is a senior in college, and he'll be commissioned this year, second lieutenant army. He wants to fly helicopters. But it's a, it, I mean, it's very proud because, you know, my father served. Uh, me, my brother, we served. And uh, so now we have a third generation of, of folks in our family that are putting on a uniform and serving. And, and with Matthew getting his commission this summer, that means me, mom, and both boys have all worn the uniform for our country. So that makes us feel really good. And I'm really proud of them for making that decision. Now, whether they'll stay 24 years like I did, I don't know. But I'm very proud of the fact that they decide to give at least four years right now of their life to serving their country in uniform. And as a father and as an infantryman, I'm just really happy about that. Yeah. We, and, you know, we just pray for them every day just like we pray for everybody else. We just pray for their safety and... They'll be okay. Absolutely. And TC, you know, speaking of that uniform, you um, had the honor to be able to put that on for this latest movie, My Brother's Keeper, uh, that again hits theaters March 19th. Um, hopefully, you know, the growing number of theaters. So what does it mean to you to put on that uniform to represent, be a soldier? Um, you know, I mean, obviously it's not something you are in real life, but uh, on, on the big screen. And what do you hope people will get out of watching your portrayal in this movie? Well, I mean, obviously, like I said, man, I and I think Ty and every, everybody who's ever served for their service, and you know, whether you ever want to be in the, in the military or not, I think almost everybody probably has imagined like what it might be like to put it on, you know, because it's a, it's such a part of our culture um, as far as you know the military goes. You know, whether you're watching sports, you know, when they're whenever we're doing the you know the color guard and you're doing the anthem, just anything with respect. Whenever you're watching the you know, the president on TV or just uh, just when there's a disaster, you know, when we got anything with other countries, just when there's even stuff happening here where you got to have the, you know, the National Guard come in or the Army come in. Or, and so you, you, you're always seeing these guys, these guys and these and these ladies. In fact, even when you travel in the moment when you um, when you, you, you go in, going home and then they kind of they all a lot of them either they're coming or going and you wonder, are they coming or going? So it's kind of hard to. To, to even live life without seeing them. In fact, where I'm from, even now, when you see the veterans down the street, which gets, that's the sad part of it. You know, you know, you see them. And so you, in, in every part of life, you see them. So for me, knowing how much the familiarity are in the world with our soldiers, for me to put all of that on, you know, obviously when you put on the first time, especially the, I, and, I, and I'm and I'm green on the names of them, but the the really really formal one, you know what I'm saying, Ty, the one where it's at all yeah, of the dress blue, all of them. yeah, that one. I mean, <laughs> you you feel like you you feel like you actually undone something, you know? <laughs> I'm somebody <laughs> put, today. Putting it on. Yeah, I know this is a costume, but I'm somebody today, you know. I'm like, <laughs> so you know, it, it's uh, so you you feel good, and then you know you don't want to get it dirty, you know, you don't want to, you know, and it's it's a costume, but it's real, you know. So for me, I just like I said, it, people familiar with with, with soldiers and, and and the portrayal of one soul, like I said. What I hope for, people get out of it when they see me do it is they say, hey, man, he represented us well. You know, he he did his homework. You know, he was surrounded by people who knew us. And he he, he I'm proud to see that on screen. I, I would love to, just, just to, you know, see some of the things that I do um, 
and, and see soldiers, you know, men and women cheering about it and everything. And then even from the PTSD part that he just he portrayed it well. So, you know, I just I just want to be authentic, believe it. And when, when they, um, you know, when they see me, they say, you know what, boy, you know, you 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 could have served, you know, you 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 got it down. And so that would make me feel good to uh, just just from a, an actor standpoint for them to be able to appreciate that and feel like they were well represented on screen. That would mean a lot to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was talking to, you know, Ty just earlier about his evolution and in, in different parts of his career. I know that you, you know, have, uh, you know, Team TC Productions putting out some great commercials mm-hmm. that were like, um, you know, featured in, in, in uh, different big events. And also you're now the executive producer and showrunner for the newly formed uh, PAX TV network um, mm-hmm. out of Dallas. And you guys are, are uh, focused on, you know, clear play. Uh, which uh, puts out, you know, clean, wholesome entertainment. What, what is, uh, you know, um, why is it so important to you to, to have that, like you said, those options of, yeah. you know, having the, the, the clean entertainment uh, when there's, yeah. you know, there's so much stuff streaming these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day for me, um, I just know, first of all, from a performance standpoint, I make my choices ba- based on if, if if God, you know, if, if Jesus Christ himself just walked on set, <laughs> I shouldn't see him be like, oh, gosh, put, 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 let me put my shirt on. Let me, oh, I can't say this word now. Or I can't, because if we were real Christians, he was there the whole time, you know, and, and I run my career that way. I don't want to do anything that, you know, I couldn't do in front of him because he walks with me. That's 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 how I roll. And that's it. And so I feel like if that's the way you're going to be, then you can't make content and just sell it to people or perform it and push it out on other people and just say, you know, I don't do it, but I'm going to make money off y'all doing it. You know, so I don't I don't consume it and I don't want to produce it, you know, for and and then also producing it for those same reasons. I I don't want to make something that I couldn't when I'm done with the script or whatever I'm doing and hand it over to the Lord. Like, I'm about to put this out there. You know, I want your blessings on this. And he's like, all those, you know, MF this and all these different things. I know he wouldn't even sign off on something like that. You know, so for me, it's I don't want any hypocrisy in anything that I do. You know, so I I, I don't consume it. I'm not going to put it out. And then, like you said, with everything, you know, all the options that we have out there, I know Satan gets up in that stuff. You know, just from what I, where I read in scripture, you know, any tool that he can use, you know, anything that he can pervert, anything he can infiltrate. He'll use it. And, you know, media is an, is one of the top ways to get our attention, you know, whether it's music, movies, you know, TV, just just whatever. So amongst that's what I meant by the noise. See, this conversation has come full circle, even with the podcast, all the people in your ear talking. I amongst the noise that I know Satan's trying to get involved. with, I want to make sure that, you know, God is very well represented you know, amongst all the noise. So for me, my gifts are for his glory, whether it's a podcast or a a film or a book or a commercial uh, interview, anything, I want to get in that. So for me to be a part of PAX, Clear Play, you know, and all these other different things and be able to do movies that are good and clean, like I said, man, it's an opportunity to get amongst the noise and represent Christ the right way. And I always want to do something that I'm proud of, that my kids can sit down and watch and that other people in their families can sit down and watch. And I never have to apologize or make excuses for what I'm doing. Um, it's something that everybody can, can see. And so that's pretty much what fuels, you know, my choices in my career. And, you know, you, you never can buy me out of that. There's an amount of check you can write that would make me, you know, trade in, you know, what God wants me to do. Uh, and like I said, you mentioned, you know, I don't just do faith films. I do clean films. If it's clean, I'll do it. If it's, if it's family friendly, I'll do it. But if it if it's not, then it's, it's not even an option for me, you know, so you can't buy that from me, you know, because, uh, you know, I got an answer to the Lord in the end, you know, so that's that's pretty much how I make my decisions about everything. Yeah, you're not you're not going to sell out. And what you said earlier made me think of an old uh, song. Uh, he walks with me and he talks with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and last question, fellas, I'll start with you, uh, Ty. Uh, what's next for you uh, in terms of uh, movies and because uh, I know when you know with COVID, it's it, it's making what you guys do more difficult. Hopefully, that'll get easier soon. But uh, what's what's next for you in terms of projects? Yeah, it's getting easier. That's the good thing. There's some guidelines that are out now that's showing us uh, how to to make movies in a COVID environment. So we finally open up our doors again, thank God. And so Monday, this actually this Monday coming, I'll be flying off to Harrison, Arkansas where we'll meet with our clients out of, um, I think out of Dallas, Texas. 
and we're going to be doing some location scouting down there, and we're going to be doing a movie for them called Running the Bases. <clears throat> we'll start filming uh, 28 April, and we'll be done uh, the 18th of June. So we're excited about that project. Uh, it's a beautiful baseball movie, this baseball coach and his high school kids, and take, you know, follows their journey through faith and. So we're excited about that, and then uh, we'll be out at the end of the year in Chicago where we've, we'll be making a film for another client out there. I think we're out there late September into some toward middle of November, right before the holiday uh, Thanksgiving season. And I'm just writing. You know, I'm, I'm penning a contract for an NFL former NFL football player right now that I can't say the name, but, but uh, we are um, working on a movie for him right now, his life story, and... And uh, I'm working on another movie for a network. Oh. Um, so I'm busy. I'm trying to keep guys like TC uh, in my corner and making <laughs> movies with yes, me. Because, you know, this movie, <laughs> My Brother's Keeper, was all for him. I mean, I wrote this movie with him in mind. Uh, so I don't do that often. In fact, that's the first Man. time I've ever done that. But when I was watching TC on uh, the set of A Question of Faith, I had this movie in mind, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, "Wow, he he could be my dad back then." You know, the whole yeah, physique, man. the whole posture, and everything. And we had a conversation, and this is where it led us. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to. I don't know how many Mads Mackey movies we'll actually do this year because we're contracted for those two, and we're in negotiations for a third. But Maybe in the following year, I'm hoping that I'll be able to say, okay, we're going to do a couple of our movies now, and we'll get to bring TC back and work, or get TC involved in some of these that we're doing. Absolutely. Uh, one way or the mm -hmm. other. But. And speaking of that, TC, you, uh, so you said 22 films into your career so far, hopefully many more to go. Yeah. What's, uh, what's next for you? Yeah, well, I'm excited, you know, on my podcast uh, today, um, I had announced that, you know, I've just... Uh, got a uh, recurring role on the the new crime-based um drama faith-based drama uh vindication and uh you know i play a detective on there so i'm really excited about that you know being that i just relocated to dallas that's where that show shoots and it just all kind of came together i think you, you can connect the dots there when they found out that i was coming um and i was able to to take a look at the a, a role they wanted me just for a, a in and out type of thing. But when they found out I was coming here, they presented an opportunity for me to be recurring. And, you know, so I played detective on that show and it's about my third or fourth time playing a, 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 a cop, you know, in a, in a, in a film, but now I'm recurring on a TV show. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, PAX TV, you know, I'm looking to create opportunities for other, um, you know, actors and, and producers and people trying to get their their work out there and they want a clean place to be able to do it without any you know having to explain themselves or apologize for it and and so uh, and other actors like myself this is an opportunity for me to give them what i didn't have at the time and somebody just reach out and just boom get me going uh with something like this you know uh uh but i'm grateful for my you know uh, nine ten years of, of experience and and created the type of person that i am you know so yeah. working with clear play as you mentioned um, you know, and all these things, you know, if you want to see about PAX TV, go to PAX-TV.com. Clearplay is clearplay.com. Um, I just finished my autobiography called Eyes Fixed. And uh, that's my, you know, like I said, it's my life story. And that's going to be, it, it was the toughest book that, I, that, I've, that I've ever written. Uh, I've written three. You know, so um, so those are the things that I'm doing. I'm writing like Ty, you know, trying to, you know, like I say, I, I you know, I, he can't beat me in a race, but I, I'm trying to catch up with him in this writing thing. Um, you know, so we have a writing race. You know, I'd be behind him, you know, I'd be behind him. So the name of this podcast is Run the Race. And then my podcast, my podcast, the TCS Live Show, you know, so I'm 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 staying purposefully busy. Uh, you know, and just like Ty, you know, I'm just just trying to use my gifts for his glory. And um, yeah, so I'm excited for him, too, as well, with, with all the things he's got going. And and I brag on him all the time uh, for what he has done for my career in terms of taking it to a, another level, you know, because like I said, this is the, this is the most challenging role in my life. And when someone comes to you and say, I wrote something for you, they don't always mean that he meant it. And uh, so I'm 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 grateful for that. And now my goal was to pay him back with the performance. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what the world has to say March 19th, but I'm uh, really excited about it. 
Paid in full. He did a great job. I mean, TC, you, I can't wait for people to see him in this movie. It's, he, did so, he does an incredible job. Yeah. There were times I had to walk away from the set because of his performance and portrayal. Because I, you know, it, they were words on paper and him expressing them. But for me, it was watching, it was, I was a 10-year-old boy watching it all over again. So there yeah. were times I had to, you know, I would just walk away because it was, um, you know, it's emotional. Yeah. You think back to those times I would, seeing TC doing these roles, doing these scenes, and, um, you know, you think back that he's gone now, but the man he became. And right. He, you know, he went from this guy that we were afraid of to our hero. Wow. And it was good watching, you know, TC portray him the way he did, so. Right, ain't you just glad it's March? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad it's finally here. I'm like, man, exactly. when I saw, I saw it flip to March, I'm like, oh. Long time coming, so. I'll be nervous yeah. all next weekend. Uh, I always get nervous when these movies come out, but right, I think, right. I, you know, I never judge box office. That's not important to me. It's just what people come back and go, oh, wow, that was really good. I enjoyed it. And, It'll do yeah. okay in box office. We know it'll, it'll do okay. But we just hope people get out and see it and mm -hmm. enjoy it. And we know going to the theaters, you know, it's, uh, they're opening and you can social distance in them now. They only allow so many people. But on the website, mbkfilm.com, churches can go there also and click a link and show it at their churches. So, mm -hmm. And the churches that do that, you know, they'll sell tickets just like anything else, but they get 15% of what they sell. So there's mm -hmm. opportunities on the website that the distributors have tried to make it so that anyone can get to the movie and see it. And so Absolutely. we pray they'll get out there and watch it. Well, uh, TC and Ty, thank you so much for uh, your generosity with your time and, and uh, you know, putting the good word out there on the big screen and the small screen. And uh, you guys just keep on keeping on and uh, looking forward to watching My Brother's Keeper and uh, many uh, future uh, and past movies as well. Thank you so much, guys. And thanks for having us. I appreciate it. All right. It. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, that movie, kind of a long time coming, uh, thanks, un unfortunately, in part to the COVID-19 pandemic. That movie was shot uh, about two years ago. So, again, coming out March 19th, and uh, and hopefully it's at a theater near you, or you can uh, reach out and try to get it to a, a theater in your area. And uh, it's you can go to www.mbk, that's my brother's keeper, that's mbkfilm.com. I most I recently listened to a, a podcast uh, by TC Stallings, TCS Live. Recently, he talks about wanting to be a good, uh, really focused on being good at spiritually staying on track. Definitely a good thing to be. So uh, great to talk to these uh, these guys, and looking forward to watching that movie and and many more uh, by these uh, talented young men. Uh, now turning to our final segments of the Run the Race podcast, including uh, some inspiration from the Bible and uh, how uh, a famous actor relied on his faith when it came to the, the big screen and in the military. This is an article I found from MovieGuide.com. It's titled, How Jimmy Stewart Relied on His Faith During the Military and Movies. Now, you may know him well uh, as, uh, as George Bailey in the famous movie It's a Wonderful Life, one of my favorite ones, a classic for sure. Uh, but, you know, also faith in Jesus drove him, uh, the man behind that character. I'm going to tell you how in just a minute. Uh, you know, you recognize him as an actor, Jimmy Stewart. But he also was in the military, served in World War II. Uh, now, in an article, he, the, the actor who has uh, passed away now talked about how his father encouraged him through a note that he passed him as he was shipped off to war. This is what Jimmy Stewart says about that note from his dad. The note says, I feel sure that God will lead you through this mad experience. I love you more than I can tell you, Dad. And uh, Stewart went on to say, you know, never before had he, had he um, you know, his dad said he loved him. And he also got a small book, booklet with the title, The Secret Place, A Key to the 91st Psalm. And uh, he, he wrote at the end, Dad had committed me to God, but I felt the presence of both 
throughout the war. And many suspected that, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart came back and was, un, you know, not diagnosed, but had PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, by the end of the war, um, you know, he, he was a decorated and really respected pilot, but he came back to the U.S. August 1945, and he was different. Had lost a lot of weight, was looked sick and rarely slept, had nightmares about planes exploding, depressed, really couldn't focus or didn't want to talk to anybody. At that point, that's when Jimmy Stewart was cast in It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, one of the, you know, still today, one of the most popular Christmas movies, iconic films of all time. And uh, in a very real sense, the role provided Stewart, according to some people, with on-screen therapy uh, during that time. There's a scene where he says, you know, God, God, dear Father in heaven, I'm not, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. Well, you know, as, as he said those words, this is how um, Jimmy Stewart described it. He says, I felt the loneliness, the hopelessness of people who had nowhere to turn, and my eyes filled with tears. I broke down sobbing. This was not planned at all, but the power of that prayer, the realization that our Father in Heaven is there to help the hopeless, had reduced me to tears. And that quote from uh, the actor, Jimmy Stewart, is our parting gift for the, this podcast. Uh, it's great to see men like him that have a platform, an actor, um, demonstrating Christ in both word and in deed. Close us now in prayer. Uh, dear God, just uh, help us, Lord, to, uh, to demonstrate you in everything that we do. God, that uh, let us be uncompromising, like TC talked about, uh, in our faith. And uh, Lord God, that we, uh, we, we focus on you and focus on whatever we do with it, work, at home, or, or anywhere else we go, Lord God, that we're, we, uh, we, we look uh, to you for strength, but also uh, look to, to lead others to you and to, to be positive and, and to not uh, sell out uh, for the world. And uh, we just uh, thank you for this opportunity to talk about our military to talk about movies and uh, to talk about fitness and especially to talk about you, Jesus, and all that you do for us. Uh, we just thank you and, and praise you. In name we pray. Amen. And uh, thank you again for joining us uh, for this uh, double feature with a, with a preview and everything. Looking forward to talking to Esther Atkins next week about her running adventures and from the Olympics uh, to now uh, being a, a mom-to-be. And go out and see My Brother's Keeper. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that myself. It's going to be a, a great movie. Definitely important to support faith-based movies uh, that maybe the whole family can go and see and or watch in your living room and you don't have to worry about uh, you know hearing something or seeing something that you maybe don't want your kids to see. And uh, we're looking forward to doing many more episodes with you uh, talking about some, uh, some great issues with uh, some really extraordinary folks.